So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this special Wednesday edition of Everyday Connection on uh, May 15th, 2013. I'm yet again, Rico Shields, and off here yonder to my left, Jane Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jane? I'm good. How are you? Uh, fair to partly cloudy, kind of like the weather in Houston today. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the same here, too. Gray, gray and icky. Yeah, and uh, little thunderstorms, that sort of thing. Molly doesn't like them. She hides under the bathroom counter. Aww. In fact, she hides from things under the bathroom counter enough. I finally put a bed under the corner of the bathroom counter so that she can be comfy. In there. <laughs> wow. You can't fight them, join them, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. See, my my animals aren't scared of the storm so much as they get annoyed by them. Because any wind is noise and it's invasive, and we have to get it. So, <laughs> any storms make them um, defensive and antsy, and they run around the house looking for something to to attack. <laughs> it's very. It's like they take all that that electric energy that you, that comes in the air when you feel a storm coming on, and a lot of people feel that energy that's in the air, and it's like it it just they just soak it up and they have to expend it somehow. So they rip around the house barking and stuff. So I'm, I'm hoping that the storm holds off because they've oh. been really eh all day. They've just been up and down the stairs, and so they're it's driving not, me quite nuts. Yeah, so it's not so bad that yeah. Molly goes and hides under the bathroom counter and, and is no. quiet during storms, huh? So are you trying to tell me? No, I should be so I should be so lucky. <laughs> uh, tell Molly to teach my dogs how to do that because I'd, I'd be grateful. Companions. <clears throat> Never a dull moment. Yeah. And the phoenix nest, I tell you that. <laughs> well, I hear it's quite can be quite the fiery experience, the phoenix nest, but that's... Oh, it yeah. <laughs> kind of comes with the territory, I guess, you know. Well, and it is what it is. Burning nests and phoenixes and things, it sounds symbolic to me, so it could be a good day to talk about symbols and things. It could be a good day to talk about symbols and things, absolutely, and we have the perfect guest for it today. Indeed, indeed, and I was thrilled that uh, we got the opportunity to do this special presentation and and uh, a little earlier it's, it's all daylight and stuff during a show that's odd <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, there will be no sunset today during the show. We're going to be doing several Wednesday specials and things, so we can some in the mornings even to accommodate folks in Europe. And Up until now, we've just been mean and made them stay up till 3 a.m. to be on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) But there's so many of them now, you see. That's the thing. I can't get everybody in on the schedule um, unless we, we add another day in. Or else yeah. we're going to be booked up till January next year. So <laughs> yeah, and, and we're, we've got like four days next good. week, I think. And, and, uh, yes, so. we do. Next uh, week's a busy week for us. We're running like mad. Yeah. Oh. Yay! Well, but having fun, making well, videos, talking to people, you know, having cool, informative conversations. Absolutely. It's fun. Cause, what a horrible way to spend your time, eh? Yeah, I know. It's just before the show, uh, Gene delivered to me the next collect- connection clip, and it's beautiful. And uh, so I will endeavor to get that up here in the next day or two. We just put one up, so uh, we don't want to overwhelm you all with these new connection clips. It's about two or three minutes a piece, something like that, Gene. Uh, yes, two, three minutes a piece of, of inspirational stuff from I mean, we have all these incredible guests on and they say some of the most intensely wise things um at random moments through our show. So we wanted to extract those little tidbits of wisdom and inspiration and throw them in a visit, in into a, a video format for for those down days when you're having one of those i don't want to do those days and you can just pop on over and check out our connection clips and there ought to be something there that'll lift you up and get you going again some little quick pick-me-ups and uh you know we say stay connected and we have challenges with it just like anyone else does so you know these are cool things for us and and the one uh, from corinne van beater that we just put up uh she emailed us and said did i say that So not only our opportunity with the show to point out to everybody that there's all these humans that are awesome, now with connection clips we can point out to the guests how awesome they are. Absolutely. Sometimes I say stuff, and right after I say it, I go, did I say that? Wow, I'm smart. (laughs) I think sometimes people forget how brilliant they really truly are, and it's it's good to be able to... um, to put that out there into the world to remind people that they are brilliant and that their value and worth is is infinite. And and that's probably the absolutely best part about my job is that I get to tell people every time I'm at work that they're awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's very much like yeah. uh, Paige Bartholomew who once said, you know, when asked about her job, said, I get paid to love people. What's not to like? <clears throat> <laughs> it's a good way to live. Yes. It's a good way to live. Anyway, we'll, uh, I suppose, uh, dive right in. Uh, we've got... Absolutely. We've got two hours today instead of our usual 90 minutes to uh, uh, explore the the subject at hand. And we already have folks collecting in the chat room. So I know you're... Uh, uh, I know you love us, but you didn't come to hear just us talk. So uh, we have with us again uh, artist and... Uh, Mathematician, uh, geometer, uh, artist, Charles Gilchrist. How are you, Charles? I am really uh, good, although I am. I just wanted to uh, uh, preface everything by telling everybody that I'm, I've am i got a little cold. My voice is kind of weird. If I sneeze or cough or something, 
please overlook it because I'm so excited to be here. I'm just going to work right through this, if you don't mind. I uh, would think that's awesome of you. We, we Wouldn't any of us know what these little strange bugs that run around could be? <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, well, I, I just, uh, I just been, uh, I just been in so so uh, overwhelmed with so much work, and uh, I've been pushing myself, and I just went a little too far and got the sniffles. <laughs> no problem. By the way, uh, it's really brightly sunny here, and the temperature is going up here in uh, in uh, Lakewood, Ohio. So uh, I got the sun for all uh, all three of us. <laughs> well, that's uh, awesome. Can I come bravo. visit? Because I haven't seen the sun in like three days. <laughs> well, just imagine that it's, it's just just imagine how beautiful it is. It's about in you know in the mid late in early sixties, and it's really beautiful, sunny. It's late afternoon. It's wonderful. This is my favorite thing when I was a little kid about airplanes. Was it could be a gray, rainy, icky day. Yeah. Not long after you took off, it was bright and sunny. Right. So we're going to make it sunny. There you go. Charles brought and the sun for everybody, fun. listeners and all. There you go. There you go. Awesomeness. Awesomeness. So you've come today to talk about one of the subjects that's near and dear to my heart and you know, subject that's solely responsible for me starting to write in the first place, um, which is symbolism. And what mm-hmm. I think unique about um, today's conversation is that you've come to talk about the original meanings of some of those symbols because we've really messed them up. <laughs> in the last few years, we, we've taken, you know, we have historical figures who have taken some of those symbols, latched onto them, and really twisted the meanings of them. Um, and it, it's nice to be able to get back to the original meaning and energetic behind the symbols and what they mean. And perhaps it might help to open people's hearts and minds up a bit to um, to to bridging the gap, I think, between some of the culture, cultural differences around the globe as well, because cause depending on the culture, those symbols mean something different. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, w- uh, when I uh, first realized that I had to share this information that I had gleaned through my work with uh, with sacred geometry, making um, uh, mandalas based on the archetypes of sacred geometry, uh, I, I right away, right away I, I, I made the connection with uh, between sacred geometry and symbolism, and I started uh, studying that right away. And when I when I started to develop my uh, workshop series. Uh, I realized that that was a really critical area for people to really understand not only uh, sim- symbolism but uh, but sacred geometry. It's a perfect way to study sacred geometry is to study the symbols that are re- uh, directly related to sacred geometry. So, in fact, almost all the symbols that exist are directly related to sacred geometry, and that's pretty much what we're going to be uh, talking about uh, today. And I, I, and uh, to make the correspondences between these universal uh, archetypes and the way that we interpret them, which is symbolically, is is you know the entire point. And uh, no response, huh? <laughs> Speechless. She may have uh, dogs barking at the other end, and then I was over here talking. Okay, all right. Well, putting links and <laughs> well, but. Well, let's uh, let's let's uh, let's let's uh, let's uh, validate that a little bit more. Uh, 
for instance, uh, the first enclosed form of sacred geometry is a circle. And we all know how, you know, tremendously powerful that form is. And uh, that form is, is truly universal. So uh, even even on this planet, uh, uh, there's a lot of ways to look at the circle and a lot of symbolic meaning that's associated with the circle. But uh, nonetheless, that circle is truly uh, universal. So some distant uh, ascension uh, life form would also have found the circle, and they would have also have uh, come to their own uh, interpretation of the meaning for that uh, of that circle, and they would find their own symbolic uh, uh, representation or the symbolic explanation of the circle. And so the, the symbolism is really an attempt to decipher this, this language called sacred geometry. And almost all of the, almost virtually all of the glyphs that you can uh, find are have some kind of direct relationship to sacred geometry. So it's really incredibly, an incredibly important uh area that we're talking about incredibly important for instance uh, yeah. the circle let's just talk about the circle for a little while okay okay uh the circle itself uh, uh deals with uh, it comes out of this uh the division of, of two points and the, the two energies that happen between those points which is radial energy the energy that that uh, uh pushes and, and pulls away from itself between these two points in a straight line that's the radius and then the arcing energy that these two points can can um, experience, which has a tendency to make those two points uh, spin around one another. And the combination of the radius and the arc uh, is uh, what creates a circle. And so uh, there's an intrinsic kind of uh, unity energy about the circle, which is obvious. I mean, that's that's the, the largest meaning, I believe, is this whole... Um, holistic reality that's expressed in the circle and uh, uh we have we have uh associated that energy with the circle for forever uh, for instance there's a very famous ancient uh symbol uh which is called the snake that eats its tail you know you know what i'm talking about absolutely uh, absolutely it's one of the most ancient symbols that um yes yes it is. has been found or, and it's been yes, found it, around the world. It's not just yes, in, in one culture. Right. So it's a it's a, a symbol of a, I mean a, a graphic of a, of an image of a snake, and the and the head is on on the uh, circumference, and then the snake goes all the way around the circumference until the tail just touches the, the snake's uh, mouth, and it's called the you know, the serpent that eats his tail. And it's a symbol. It's a symbol of uh, wholeness, unity, and, and infinity. And uh, you know, uh, the the uh, continuing uh, energy that that does run in a circle and comes back into itself. So it's a it's a beautiful expression of circle and uh, an accurate symbolic um, attempt at, at poetry. You understand? So. Symbols are really poetry in a way. You can see it that way. It's a beautiful way to look at it. And the circle, of course, uh, I mean, it's been used in so many countless, countless ways. Uh, for instance, in uh, in astrology, for instance, is a perfect example. 
in the astrological system, a uh, circle with a single point in the middle is a symbol for the sun, which is uh, which is the center of our of our uh, of our planetary system. And everybody knows that the, the sun, the energy that comes from the sun, is what makes it possible for for uh, life. And so, uh, life on Earth. And that's the energy that's, that's uh, really driving uh, our ability to even uh, manifest as, as in this human form. And so the the ancient astrologers were deeply, deeply involved with sacred geometry, and and they chose the circle to represent the, the sun. And then some, uh, you can also uh, see the moon uh, also as a uh, symbolized as as a circle in uh, in astrology that. That um, that circle is, is uh, interpreted as a for the moon is interpreted as a crescent, and that's the symbol of the moon in in, uh, in in astrology. You know, which is also directly related to the circle. So I mean, it just doesn't stop. But but uh, but the circle is is definitely a symbol of oneness, a consistent symbol of oneness, and uh, wholeness and unity and uh, you know the 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 all of the all, so to speak, everything that is. And then in sacred geometry, virtually every form that exists springs out of, out of this uh, relationship between the the radius and the arc. It's a very beautiful thing. And with those, and then uh, with those two points in the circle, and 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 you, all the rest of it comes from there. You can you can yeah, go out to a point on the circumference and rotate again and, and, and get all the way out to the flower of life from the from just the circle. Right, the, the two point yes, the two point but even inside the circle and and the snake that eats his tail uh, is a symbol that is a is a is a recognition that there is a duality there is a duality within the circle and an intrinsic duality. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> an intrinsic duality within the circle, and that's this radius and arc, this twin energy in there. And one of the uh, one of the most powerful of, uh, expressions of this uh, duality within the circle is the famous is the famous glyph known as the yin yang. Everybody knows what that one looks like. Right. It's a counter rotational two two circles uh, interlocking. Uh, with one another inside the circle, which creates these two forms, and so it's a beautiful expression of duality, or uh, you know, uh, pairs of opposites uh, here and there, up and down, left and right, good and bad, man and woman. Every every uh, every dualistic uh, reality of the universe could be expressed, you know, through the yin yang and. And and the symbolism of the yin yang it basically is is pointing to the to the philosophical position that the the universe is intrinsically dualistic. The three dimensional manifest universe is intrinsic, intrinsically dualistic, and it's uh, uh, all generated out of uh, uh, waveform phenomena, counter rotational waveform uh, phenomena, which is expressed right. in the yin yang. One of the most beautiful symbols of all time right because it's yet, always yet, it, well but it's always struck me with that symbol that it's not just a circle that's half white and half black it's got that swirl you can 
a stationary representation of swirling of, of rotational energy of some yeah. sort. Yeah, and actually, the original colors weren't black and white, Rick. Um, it was uh, black and red. Well, you see, there, there's a perfect example, a perfect, perfect example of how, what we do with uh, symbolism. We could take the, the graphic aspect of the yin-yang with no color uh, and just look at that by itself. And then we, take, we, we have the choice to put any two colors that we want to in there. Absolutely. And and uh, uh, you know, create uh, psychological uh, energies associated with those colors that are specific to whatever culture we happen to be involved with, and uh, you know, uh, come up with uh, variations. Like for instance, uh, many uh, yin yangs, especially I believe the Korean version, is a, a version where there are two tiny little yin yangs inside at the center of each of the each of the circles that make the yin-yang circle, if you remember what I'm saying. Yes. Do you remember you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's a, it, it's almost like the, the what we talked about last time. It's a fractal, with the yeah. The, the, the fractal or the mirror, two mirrors looking at each other. It, it was yes. meant to represent continual, never-ending circle right. within a circle. And, and, like and, and, that, and it's all... Yes, it's also uh, expressing the fact that uh, here you have these twin energies, yin and yang, which can also be interpreted as uh, projective or receptive. If you look at it from the astrological point of view, masculine, feminine, you can look at it that way also. Uh, there's a lot of ways to look at, at the yin-yang, but uh, that, that uh, one particular version uh, points to the fact that even within the masculine or the projective energy, there is at the heart inside that projective energy, there's still uh, the aspect of receptivity or the feminine within it, and this, uh, vice versa. And the other uh, side of the, of the yin-yang, you have the, the receptive aspect, the so-called feminine aspect, and in, in the heart of the feminine, there's also a, a projective aspect inside that. So it's really... You know, it's really a beautiful thing. And inseparable, inseparable energies, uh, poles of inseparable energies, very beautiful. Well, duality, you know, duality is expressed in like numerous, numerous ways and symbolically, but it's all turns back into sacred geometry again. Very beautiful. And then uh, uh, what's really, uh, so then we, so we started with uh, unity, which is uh, expressed really as, as the bindu or the single point in the center of the circle. The, the beginning of everything, the center of the universe, so to speak. And then that manifests into this circle, which is representation of that dual, of that unity within, within duality, uh, you know, the, the holistic reality within this dualistic uh, plane. And then uh, when we take it one step further, uh, these two points that uh, want to rotate around one another if you let a point A rotate around point uh, B, and then you let point B rotate around point A, you have uh, you get this thing called two circles of common radius and the vesica piscis, and which is the which, as you all know, is the the heart of the, the famous pattern, uh, which is incorrectly called the flower of life. It, it's actually called the nature's first pattern, and it, it, it expands and contracts 
infinitely. Uh, but and the, uh, the the third center, the, the third circle from the center of that uh, pattern is it, that's actually called the flower of life. But so it, it's you can think of it as the flower of life, but it's actually nature's first pattern. This overlapping overlapping um, myriad of circles which interlock and interlock and interlock and interlock and continue to expand forever. But the but this beautiful form that uh, is created in the middle. Uh, between the two circles of common radius, it's called the Vescopisus. And in, in the Vescopisus, you, you have the original radius, but then you have two more uh, vortexes where the two circles overlap again, and you have two more points. And when you connect those those uh, new points, then you have you create the cross inside uh, the Vescopisus. And uh, so, uh, and then inside that, you, you create the equilateral triangles. So um, sacred geometry is beautiful the way it expands, it counts. So it goes from unity and then it develops into duality and then trinity and quaternary are, are created within the the uh, Jessica Pisces. So the equilateral triangle is right there, which is a symbol of, of uh, trinity, freeness. And uh, this will, I mean, the equilateral triangle, there's another form uh, that is directly related absolutely directly related to sacred geometry, which we have uh, over the millennia have uh, it, it chosen to associate with various uh, symbolic um, realities. Some of them are extremely esoteric. Some of them are rel- relatively material, very material. For instance, I'll give you a perfect example. Everybody knows the symbol of the uh, Mercedes-Benz company, huh? That beautiful uh, circle that you see on the hood of the, on the, you know, sure. on the top of the hood of the, and it's a beautiful uh, ascending or a, uh, equilateral triangle, the axis aspect, the triangle there inside the circle. Isn't that a beautiful symbol of uh, power and, uh, you know, uh, material power? And uh, that's, uh, you know, the Mercedes was very smart to take that form and associate it with their with their elitist kind of um, philosophy uh, and uh, uh, you know, perfect example on the other hand, uh, that symbol uh, that that um, that ascending kind of equilateral triangle that goes up, you know it points up uh, that's uh, what's called originally, one of the original words for that was the blade and then if you turn it upside down and you point it the other way, it was called the chalice, which was a symbol of masculinity and femininity. Again, another way to see uh, duality, you know, um, with by using uh, two interlocking triangles. Very interesting. In fact, the uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that most people out there know something about... Uh, about the the books, uh, the Da Vinci Codes. Yes, you guys know, sure. Remember, well, they talk a lot about that. That in fact, that book is, uh, has a lot to do with symbolism, and uh, they don't talk talk much about uh, sacred geometry. They talk they talk a lot about symbolism, but they don't really make the connection in the book with with the with the pure forms with sake with which what which is known as uh, sacred geometry. But they do talk about the symbolism. 
they talk about how that the that blade aspect or the uh, ascending uh, equilateral triangle was turned into the stripes on uh, military uniforms, uh, denoting rank. Are you following yes. me on that one? Absolutely. That was, one of my favorite lines in the movie, a, actually. Yes, yes, yes. And of course, the book is, is infinitely uh, in more depth, but but the, but nevertheless, the movie is extremely good. Ronnie Howard is a great filmmaker. He's really good. And uh, I I enjoyed both of the films, uh, you know, that he made based on that. And, it's, and the it's books wonderful. were brilliant as well. Like you said, the books the books are definitely worth the read. I mean, the, the movie's entertaining um, in that it gives you a really good visual representation of of some mm-hmm. of these symbols and kind of mm-hmm. puts them right in your face and and allows mm-hmm. you to visually compare them. But the books themselves really get into your head and they they leave you with a lot to think about because it kind of opens your eyes to we you start looking around at like you said Mercedes-Benz symbol is one but you start looking around uh, <clears throat> I highly recommend anybody who's interested in symbolism go into your local church any church and look mm-hmm. at the religious arts and the different symbols that you will find in the church or even in the outside archi- in the outside architecture of the actual building mm-hmm. itself. And you're going to find the blade and the chalice all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating. Yeah, now, now, it, here's an interesting uh, uh, connection that we can make with this whole uh, business of uh, of the energy of uh, sacred geometry and the related interpretations of that energy. Uh, the Vesica the Pisces, for instance, that football-like shape that's in the middle of the two circles of common radius, uh, now, actually, that's uh, Latin, and it means uh, uh, water bladder. Actually, uh, and if you if you take the variation of spelling uh, and look at the sim- astrological symbol for Pisces, uh, you will see that, that that that's actually part of that uh, symbol it is the Vesica Pisces. It's turned into a fish, isn't yes. it? Symbol, uh, yes. symbolizing the, the Piscean age, huh? And if Absolutely. you look at a lot of a, if you look at a lot of ancient uh, uh, Christian art, you will see the uh, uh, vertical uh, Vescapisus included in the uh, in the paintings. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. And the ever famous Eye of Ra. Yes, the Eye of Ra is side. Or the the right and left uh, eye of Horus is another way to see it. Uh, that's that's a uh, uh, definitely connected to uh, to sacred geometry. There's no question about it. Um, yes. Uh, now let's let's talk about um, let's talk about the the cross, for instance, the the cross inside the Vescapisus. If you look at it from a particular point of view, you will see that the um, the solar cross, the so-called solar cross, which is a, which is the equal, the cross of equal length arms. Uh, you can visualize that in your mind, I'm sure. That is another one of the most ancient, ancient symbols of uh, of the world for for the whole history of the world, because virtually every single uh, halfway developed uh, philosophy society. Uh, in the in the history of the world, has recognized the four directions as being an incredibly important 
aspect of, of life, you know, north, south, east, and west. And uh, uh, the the map, the mapping systems, the, the early mapping systems, virtually all of them included this uh, reference to direction uh, based on on the equilateral cross inside a circle, which again points right straight back to the center of the Mescapisis. And and so uh, many of these um, ancient symbols uh, were associated with uh, so-called uh, pagan philosophies or earth earth uh, earth oriented goddess oriented uh, uh, philosophies, and and generally the pagan cross is associated with that kind of thinking, whereas the Christian cross, which is an, an ascendant cross, which you can also find in the Vescapisus, is uh, associated with kind of like the polar opposite. So, you see, depending on where we're coming from, if you if you looked at a cross from a certain perspective, you would have a, a prejudice against the energy that you're seeing there based on the, the, the particular symbolism that's associated with, with that, that cross in that case. You understand what I'm trying to say? Sure. Absol- absolutely. Well, I mean, sim- symbols come to represent a certain thing within our hearts and our minds. And, mm-hmm. you know, when when they come to represent that thing, every time we see it, we're reminded of that thing, regardless exactly. of whether or not that symbol is currently being used in that context or not. It still brings, it still pulls that emotion up within us. It's it's innate. Mm-hmm. It's it's an innate and instant recognition recognition of something. That's right. That's right. And and, and what happens is uh, when a particular society becomes uh, uh, takes a conflictual uh, position regarding another society, they they will have a tendency to try to. Uh, uh, Disincredit or disenfranchise the, the symbol symbology of another uh, way of seeing things. You know what I'm trying to say? So, so the, yes. the, the the Christian uh, the Christians were uh, the whole Christian tradition is is notorious for doing that very thing for for uh, taking uh, a, a perfectly beautiful uh, you know rich symbol from another philosophy. And demonizing it, uh, you know, uh, making it into something evil uh, on purpose in order to try to discredit this other perspective. Uh, for instance, uh, long before the the, the Christian uh, tradition rose to its its uh, current uh, uh, position, the uh, one of the most powerful energies of, of sacred geometry known as the pentagon pentagram was was seen as an, an highly highly spiritual and uh, 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 spiritual representative so to speak uh, the ancient the ancient Greeks were very enamored of the pentagon pentagram Pythagoras the ring the, the symbolic ring that was associated with Pythagorean Philosophy was uh, based on the uh, pentagram, pentagon. 
And uh, so that was considered by the uh, Christians to be uh, associated with evil. And uh, so many, many people, I mean, Hollywood takes off on this all the time. You can't hardly find any kind of um, film that was, especially low-budget films, that were that are made that are dealing with some kind of demonic force, some kind of horror story. You know, they always use the pentagon pentagram, and they and they they, they pervert it into uh, being uh, uh, directly related with uh, um, the the demonic energies, the you know satanic energies, and that was completely opposite from its uh, from the original uh, view of of, of that uh, form. And the, one of the major reasons why that form was uh, so powerful is because of the, the planet Venus, uh, which is uh, the, the planet that's just on the outside of us in, in our solar system, or excuse me, just on the inside of us on the, on the solar system, uh, makes, a very, has, makes a very curious pattern uh, in the astrological chart. Every four years, if we measure uh, what... Saturday, uh, what Venus is doing against uh, our position, the, this Earth position, we will uh, find that in four years, Venus creates a perfect uh, pentagon pentagram in in the astrological chart. And the ancient Greeks really? were, yes, it does. And the, and the ancient Greeks were highly, highly aware of this. In fact, the original, <clears throat> excuse me for my voice. The original uh, basis of the Olympic Games, which happened every four years, were based on that rhythm, that Venus rhythm. I bet you didn't know that one, huh? I no, I didn't. <laughs> well, well, now You're you always do, in education. See? I do. Yes. I always so, do you see what I'm so what I'm trying to so so what I'm trying to say is. Uh, Here's my <coughs> beg your pardon. So here's this beautiful right. form, this beautiful, this beautiful universal form, uh, uh, based on the, uh, the the circle divided into five parts, which creates a pentagon and pentagram, and is directly related to the to, to the golden mean ratio, by the way, which is another whole another story, and. Uh, uh, and yet, and it was seen. It was seen uh, as an ex- direct expression of, of God mind, so to speak, and it has been uh, perverted uh, or, or uh, uh, almost utterly demonized. Yes, and 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 uh, that is a perfect example of the fact that we can associate virtually anything we decide to associate with these energies. Yes, it is powerful. Yes, the, the, the energy of the Pentagon pentagram is incredibly powerful. It's fractal. It, 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 it uh, folds inside itself infinitely in, infinitely out. It's tremendously dynamic. And, uh, it, 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 you know, for instance, uh, look at, look at the, the single most, uh, uh, probably the single most powerful building uh, or a building associated with power at the extreme degree, is the Pentagon in in, uh, in Washington D.C. Huh? Absolutely. Yeah, and they, uh, they didn't just randomly pick that shape. No, no it didn't. 
It didn't. And and the and the fact that we that the the five pointed star has been used uh, forever as a symbol of power, and it's associated with military um, symbolism, as you know. And uh, it's, and so that's a a particular uh, view or a particular recognition of the of the power that's intrinsically in the form and then a materialistic uh, warlike uh, associating created uh, created with that power if you understand what I'm trying to say so that is not a I don't believe that that's a complete view obviously but nonetheless it's in our psyche because we have been taught to think that way right the um, the form evokes something sort of beyond, before speech i think is, is is what you're saying but then yes. the, the association that we make with it is something that gets handed to us something that gets taught to us right so one of the things i've been trying to do all these years is to strip away my prejudice for all of the forms of sacred geometry and just absorb them for the energy that they are, you know, and and try to uh, see the perfection there and the universality there and then to try to um, try to uh, bring uh, this realization to, to the forefront and, and, and teach that uh, these forms are transcend all of our attempts to um, associate various kinds of uh, narrow views on what they actually mean. That's my one of my goals. Well, that's sort of uh, your, 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 your with this series that, uh, that you've been doing uh, uh, on symbols. Uh, yes. where you've got the uh, uh, swastika as one that you're taking up has been uh, perverted. Um, yes. Is is aimed at just exactly that, sort of rehabilitating these symbols. Well, I mean, just asking people to look at it from more than one point of view and to see that, uh, that uh, like, for instance, the swastika, for instance, goes back, I mean, thousands and thousands, multiple thousands of years, and was associated with... Uh, uh, I think one of the earliest associations, which which, which was uh, connected to the Jains, which was an ancient um, uh, philosophy uh, religion, so to speak, in uh, India. Are you familiar with the Jains? Yes, and no. Jainism. Mm-hmm. Jainism, yes, and uh, that's connected with the Aryan uh, philosophy. You see, and in the Aryan philosophy, they, that's where the swastika came from. Actually, <clears throat> so actually, uh, and, and it was considered to be an expression of um, unity consciousness or being one with the Creator. Believe it or not, and it was is a, uh, recognized as a tremendously powerful counter-rotational energy. Uh, 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 also, uh, the the swastika is directly related, directly related to the yin yang. Graphically, you can find uh, the yin yang inside the swastika real easily if you look. And uh, so, uh, naturally, uh, it, when you study uh, 
the history of, of, of uh, Hitler's uh, rise to power, you find out right away that the guy was an uh, incredibly intelligent, uh, gifted orator and a student, a very powerful student of metaphysics. And he was uh, studying the Aryans because the Aryans were the uh, uh, grandfathers, great-grandfathers of the German people. And so he, he looked at the Aryan history and he found this symbol called the the, uh, the swastika and he recognized its power, its graphic power and he lifted that beautiful uh, uh, expression of God mind right out of the Sanskrit and and uh, associated it with uh, Nazism. You see? So he, he basically perverted the original intention that the that the Aryans and the uh, in the Sanskrit language uh, subsequently uh, had to try to express what that was all about. Uh, and perhaps it would help people to get over press with regards to these symbols because it is it's a gut instinct reaction when you see these symbols because they're associated with hate and with with division. But if right. people understand. If, if they're willing to understand why that symbol was chosen in the first place right. to be warped and twisted, then perhaps it can help them bridge the gap to to accepting that that symbol does not in and of itself represent what we've been taught that it represents. Right. So, so one of my things, one of my I, one of one of the areas I'm very I'm very powerfully involved with is that. The, the whole uh, aspect of, uh, of, of the ascension of consciousness, of human consciousness, the growth of human consciousness. <clears throat> and uh, right now, probably, I mean, I wouldn't go, or I wouldn't, uh, to make a percentage, but a very high percentage of people who see a swastika represented, and they see it, it, it has this, it, it creates this gut reaction within them, which is very negative, and it makes them feel anger and hate and frustration and sadness and all these really destructive energies. And one of the things I'm trying to do is to uh, is to try to overcome that uh, gut reaction that we have uh, against the form itself. You understand what I'm trying to say? And and if we and for me. I see the swastika. I don't think of Nazism. I think I think of this beautiful aspect of sacred geometry, this counter rotational powerful energy. I think of uh, you know the beauty, the, the beauty there, and the and the the perfection there, and the universality there, the uh, the expression of God mind. That's what I see, and so I don't suffer that way. You see, and so if we can, every place we can do to just chip away. At human suffering in any on any level is 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 really valuable, and that's what I'm trying to uh, accomplish with this new um, mandala that I that I am creating based on on the uh, swastika. And I have I have uh, posted so far. I've posted uh, four four pieces on on my Facebook page dealing with the with these kinds of ideas and uh, the production of my mandala uh, based on on the swastika in an attempt to 
try to overcome some of this negative symbolism that's that, that's in the zeitgeist, you know? So anyway, yeah, and to go so through it. Seems to be so deeply embedded when it's when it's really just a symbol that's deeply embedded. The the meaning is something somebody whitewashed on top. But they well, they, 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 they use that sort of archetypical symbol for that very reason because it is deep within dynamic. It's dynamic and powerful, and it, and it expresses a tremendous energy, which is what the, which was one of the really main forces behind uh, the whole uh, philosophy of Nazism, this an elite, an elitist kind of power. Uh, you know, uh, we're the best, we're the biggest, we're the smartest, we're the chosen race. We deserve to, uh, to, we deserve to, to embrace the ideas of genocide, those kinds of things. It's, it's so materialist, and it's so, it's so twisted from the original intent, and it's so twisted from the original energy of the, of the swastics, Swastika itself. It's like it's like this. Any kind of power, any any kind of power that exists, is is is, is simply power. It, it doesn't have a. It's not. Uh, it's it's not good or bad. It simply is. You know, the sun is a great power, and it and it and it can heal us and it can fry us. You know, it's not. It's not uh, good or bad. It simply is. And uh, that's 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 the reality of, of of sacred geometry. It it simply is. It is beyond um, our concepts of good and evil. If you can make if you can understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So there isn't any. There isn't any. There isn't any evil in a shark. You know. There's just, it's just an automated um, elementary canal with teeth, basically. It, it doesn't. It's, it's not angry. It's just hungry, you know. And, and it, right. if something shows up, if it's hungry and something shows up to eat, it will just simply eat it. And, it, and if it happens to be a human being, you know, it happens to be a human being. Then and, had a there bad was day. nothing. Yeah, exactly. There wasn't there wasn't something directing that 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 shark to be evil. So, and so surely not making a judgment on the human that swam by as to whether he did enough good deeds in his life or what. Absolutely not. Had nothing to do with that. You see, so so the the recognition of a powerful symbol like the pentagon pentagram or the swastika uh, is is an obvious thing for anybody with half a brain can see that, but to actually twist it into some kind of materialist. Uh, uh, Attempt to uh, create some kind of negative negativism. You know that that is that is where the evil comes into it. I mean, we are the ones that generate the uh, you know good and evil. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I do, and I, I'm I'm curious to know your thoughts on. I mean, where where do we get this habit of? It's it's, it's so interesting to me that a race of people that are so fascinated by their own history. I mean, we we examine it so many different ways on a constant, yes. regular, you know. Yet, we will latch on to something in our recent history and allow that to define our current reality and then completely disregard anything prior to that. 
you know, why do we do that? I mean, what is Even it within it us that says, okay, for thousands well, that, of years and then. For thousands of years and then a couple years hundred years. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, okay, well, we've known well, this, uh, this uh, for 50 some years and that's it. Uh, I can say something about that. Um, for instance, uh, I, I, you know what really makes me sad about Hitler is that this man was gifted. I mean, he had a tr- he was truly gifted. He was gifted with a brilliant mind. He was also gifted with um, powerful uh, 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 as a as an orator. He had a tremendously um, dynamic and charismatic speaking voice. He was incredibly persuasive, uh, and yet he was uh, psychologically twisted and uh, damaged to the point where uh, he he took the dark uh, he took the, he took, the, he took the, the dark road and took his own talents and uh, manifested them in an extremely negative way. The the same person, if he would have been, if he would have bridged the gap and healed himself, um, he could have been one of the greatest leaders that's ever been. But instead, what he did was he he took people's intrinsic fears and he convinced them. He can he basically convinced the almost the entire German um, populace that all of the problems that they had were were based on uh these various inferior uh groups like uh like Jews and artists and homosexuals gypsies and gypsies and any number of other and he said all we have to do all we have to do is get rid of these uh uh the the, the cause of our problems and uh we we are so uh superior that we have a right to actually kill these people in order to get rid of them. And he was so convincing that he actually talked millions of people into believing this. And this this is the power of media. This is the power that we're up against right now. We're up against uh, forces in, in, in the world that have the power to shape our thinking through sophisticated um, sophisticated uh, manipulation of this symbolic energy that we're talking about here. The recognition of power. A forgotten symbol. So now people have forgotten what it means, but they they can feel something in that memory. They feel it. They feel it. Oh, absolutely. And and so we'll just take that forgotten and and redefine it, give it a new definition. Yeah, like for instance... uh, Our purpose. Yeah, for instance, look at the, look at this very very awkward um, uh, form of marching that Hitler devised, called the uh, goose step. You understand what I'm trying to say? The, you, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Oh, yeah. Where yeah. Mar- yeah mar- way up march. in the air. Right. Well, if you look at that carefully, you will see that they are actually creating uh, the the arms of swastikas in the in that in that uh, march. That uh, ninety degree straight legs, uh, energy, it's, it's swastika after swastika after swastika. Every step is a new uh, energy that's directly related to the swastika. You know, that is, very, that is genius. That is pure genius, you know, marketing genius. 
and uh, that's what we're up against. Well, and some and, people uh, some people find that hard to believe, but he he had armies of archaeologists and scientists and people that he sent all over the world trying to collect any and all ancient symbols that yes, he could find. Yes. Yes. So that he could add them to the collection of powerful symbols that convinced helped so him, if it, which is right. So if there is a, yeah, so if there is a dark side of magic, which of course there is then he certainly was, uh, you know, a wonderful, uh, spectacular representation, representative of that kind of energy. To, to, to use ancient knowledge in such an incredibly manipulative way to his own, um, uh, you know, very narrow, very materialist uh, aims is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is very dark. Well, and that's why and, I say uh, in, in ways it's kind of like part of your thing is to rehabilitate the energy of these things not so much yes. to direct people what to think about them but to to get them to unthink what they've been taught to to feel for themselves what does it mean to them well knowledge is power you see and and what 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 the study of sacred geometry does is it it opens up all these uh a way of seeing things which is completely fresh and it um, diffuses all kinds of uh, past uh, ideas which are erroneous. And, uh, you know, truth will out, you know. And that's one of the things I think is happening nowadays. I believe if you look at the, if you look at the, if you look at um, the Italian Renaissance, for instance, you you will, and you study it, you will see that it, it, may, it mainly flowered because all of a sudden a whole bunch of new information uh, surfaced that wasn't available before. And not only was it not available for, before, but at the same time there was this thing invented called the printing press, which, which made um, the, the possibility of, of, of many, many millions of people uh, gave them the opportunity to actually enjoy and own books. And up until that point, up until that point in the Renaissance, people didn't own books unless they were extremely wealthy, very privileged. The only people that knew anything about books were, were either the uh, the religious uh, um, masters, the, the monks. The monks that the copied copier. them or the kings that yeah. paid them. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Exactly. So it was extremely, extremely elitist, and those people ran the world because they had information that other people didn't have. Well, and it's and when the and, and, it, it's the democratization of information through printing press, exactly. much like yeah. we have a whole new level of democratization of information through the internet now. The internet, and it, yeah. it becomes and, and, up and, to the individual to discern to discern truth from. Non-truth, and I mean, if you want to look at a, at a brilliant representation that that not everybody, especially in Canada and America, are aware of, there are still third world countries where you know I know in the Philippines it wasn't even it wasn't even legal ten years ago for them to own a Bible. Yes. So the most powerful book in the world, and the church and the government were still holding a monopoly on 
translating that bit of writing to people because they wanted to tell them what it meant as opposed to them reading it for themselves and feeling out what it meant. Because them being exactly. able to read it themselves would allow them to empower the, themselves and to, the truth. to connect directly with the truth. Yeah, the truth of, uh, wins out when they're allowed to look yeah, you know, information. Yeah, it's an obvious uh, it's an obvious truth that the that the history uh, our our version of the history it was written by the people who won the wars. <laughs> of course. So naturally, so naturally, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what's the difference instance, between a terrorist and a revolutionary, whether they yeah, won or not? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, I mean, just the disgraceful this this is the disgraceful um, the disgraceful relationship between uh, the uh, African-American history or lack of it in this country as uh, now as compared to even, you know, even 20 years ago, 30 years ago, especially. It virtually was not even taught in the schools at all, not at all. And so it was just uh, eliminated. And all the, all these, uh, all the great visionaries and writers uh, and, uh, you know, profoundly important, uh, beings that happen to be of color uh, were just completely ignored uh, for all those years because we won the war. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, it's, it's such it a tragic loss for mankind. Well, too. I, I mean, really think about as far as our development has gone. I'm, it, it, you know, it it has done nothing but slow us down, really, because you're the, taking so much brilliance out of the equation. And so many yeah. times You're, over the library at Alexandria the, of our growth. Yeah. Yes. And and let's so in, forget, in the, like Hitler Hitler made it such a important task to burn books and that in and of itself should show you how yes. much power knowledge has because Hitler wanted to get rid of it. Like anything that contradicts what I'm telling you is truth has got to go because I know that if you actually read it and you start to think that I am going to lose control. Yeah. Uh, for, for instance, would you, would you find, would you find two hours, uh, two hours on uh, conventional network television uh, based on the subject that we're talking about right now? No. <laughs> no. And, and yet here. Here we are. Uh, we have because of this, because of the internet, because of the internet, we are in the beginning of a new renaissance, and it's it's happening exactly why exactly correspondingly, intimately connected to the same reason that it happened in the Italian Renaissance, the 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 rapid expansion of knowledge, by instead of but instead of the printing press, now it's the internet. And in uh, in the in the nineties, uh, I had a tremendously powerful uh, mystical experience, which which pointed me straight straight at that. Before that, I was I was computer illiterate. Only I sensed, I could see. I wasn't blind. I could see what was happening, and I could see what the internet was, was where it was going to go. I could literally see it, and I knew that it was going to be more and more visual. And it was going to be more and more uncontrollable, and there was going to be all kinds of information surfacing that uh, 99% of the people in the world had no idea about. And that is exactly what's happening. Exactly what's happening. 
and, and, uh, and, I had, and it's um, disruptive in, in the same way that the information that came to light, so to speak, uh, in the Renaissance was disruptive to society exactly. at the time because exactly. you just can't go exactly. on the same way. And, uh, you know, it, it, no, it's not yet quite two hours on regular TV because – I've just put a link to the CBS logo up in the chat room for anybody that doesn't believe that that sacred geometry is still uh, a powerful symbolic system. Yes, because of course it is. Of course there's it is. the circle, the vesicle of Pisces, the circle within that. Oh, it's the it's the TV logo, right? It's just yeah, there second, you go. Right? <laughs> there you go. That's Sorry. a perfect example. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the, the people who the people uh, the people who are. Uh, the people who are are, are behind um, uh, the control of media uh, have a, an inc- an incredible responsibility, and and right now they are beholding to a system that doesn't want the truth to be expressed. It's as simple as that. And uh, unfortunately, uh, and fortunately, uh, here I am, uh, just a simple guy. I mean, I'm just one guy. I live in this very little, modest house. I'm very hermetic. I'm very simple. I live an incredibly simple life, uh, you know, a hermetic life. Uh, and yet, I, I, I have the, the um, because of my work, I have the uh, understanding, uh, and I can share it in a way that actually profoundly affects, you know, m- multiple thousands and thousands of people all over the planet in a positive way. That is amazing. That is amazing power. And uh, I am I am dedica- dedicated to the light. I am dedicated to the light. I I have made that choice many years ago. Well, and I to, think that you know, the free dissemination of information almost always is, because it's it's virtually always been when information was tailored or filtered or sometimes with the best of intentions, but still perverted even. Well, but even even times when the intentions were good and just, you know, we don't want them to be confused, quote-unquote. Uh, right. Uh, but really, we want them to get into heaven, so this is we're going to tell them it's this way. Um, every time that information has been filtered, it gets twisted. Because, yes, it does. Because you can't... Uh, you can't take... <clears throat> Well, it's just like the things we take from nature, where we we take a plant and then we chemically synthesize and concentrate and something, something, some one chemical out of it. It's now something that's bad for you, whereas it was good for you. Yeah, exactly. It was over there in balance with everything that it came with. But when we filtered out yeah. one piece, it turns bad because it's out of balance. Yeah. Yes. It's like a, a ginseng is a perfect example of that, you know, uh, it's really powerful, a natural substance uh, that's, you know, comes out of nature, a powerful healing herb, and uh, it's been known about for thousands and thousands and thousands of years and used effectively all over the world, and, and the pharmaceutical companies, uh, you know, try to make it into a bad thing, and they, and they want to synthesize it. Uh, because you can't you can't patent uh, natural ginseng, but if you could synthesize it, then you could patent it and uh, you know corner the market, you know so to speak. 
it's it's completely uh, materialist oriented and power oriented, and um, it's, it's 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 not right. It's just it's just plain not right. And uh, it's 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 sad, but that's the reality that we live in. You know, until we can until we can bridge the, this paradigm and uh, return to a more holistic uh, perspective, and uh, you know, heal ourselves. That's, and that's also reach to is. that reach to that feeling inside, not as being wrong or, you know. Gosh, why do I have such an emotional reaction to that symbol? When yes, that's okay, even if you don't agree with whatever is the latest fashion fad from the last fifty years of because really fifty seventy years. You know what, that's, you, that's a fad. You know what's, re- you know what, you know what's really you know what's really really interesting is the is the manipulation of religious uh, energies uh, against itself, so to speak. Like for instance, in in uh, World War II, for instance, there were various kinds of countries which were associated, which were aligned with, um, which were aligned with, uh, uh, you know, the the Hitler regime against the the uh, Allied forces, so to speak. And yet, they were both Christian systems, and then we had uh, uh, you know priests priests on both sides uh, supposedly representing the you know, the heart of Christ <laughs> and, you know, trying to talk one another into killing one another. I mean, I mm. find that to be, I find that to be like ludicrous, com- completely ludicrous. If we'd have gone back and, and yet, add up all the people killed in the name of religion, it just far outbalances anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Yet, it's all, it's all, uh, fear within people who yes. have grown up with this, belief system to learn anything above and beyond what they have been taught and and therein i guess lies the challenge not to scare them off so to speak i mean because knowledge is power and and regardless of whether our view or their view right or wrong it doesn't matter but wouldn't you rather know everything you possibly can know about as much as you can possibly know and then make your own internal decision but there well, are we, still those who are taught, out there and we are we are taught we are taught not to think for ourselves i mean that's one of the that's one of the key areas that uh Various kinds of societies, especially media in, in various kinds of societies, are teach us. They they spoon feed us whatever they want to uh, want us to believe. You know, I don't believe that they. I don't believe that the uh, powers that be want us to be uh, free of guilt and fear. They want us to feel afraid and guilty, and so they do everything they could do to fan these prejudices, just just like Hitler did. He fanned prejudice. He actually encouraged prejudice, uh, you know, because he knew that's where that's the way he could control. That's the way he can control people, make them afraid, make them terrified, make them make somebody into the bad guy, and then convince everybody that the only way we can uh, the only way we can get around this problem is to kill these bad guys. And so then we have this uh, nonsensical re- uh, repetition of uh, this warring. Uh, uh, this warring possibility it's, that man has. It's practically like the Amazing. mafia. 
and 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 protection. You pay the mafia protection against protection against what? Well, you might get robbed by whom? Well, don't pay your protection and you'll see. And it turns out it's the mafia. So you can either pay us up front or we'll steal it out the back. It's but it's. <laughs> Here, we'll yeah, create we'll the boogeyman. Now you go get the boogeyman. Now, oh, it's 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 really it's like trying to keep the cat chasing the laser pointer. So this is a, this. So this is what's happening. You see, I'm not afraid about this because there is something happening uh, in, uh, on the planet right now. There is a mass uh, expansion of consciousness, and it's happening internally. I mean, people are waking up on their own. They are figuring these things out, and all they need is some a uh, little bit of leadership and uh, approaches to how to sort this all this stuff all out. And, and I believe that uh, the study of sacred geometry is one of the key uh, one of the key aspects to the expansion of, of human consciousness because because that's what's happened for me over the years, over my thirty plus years of of uh, direct experience with sacred geometry. I am not the same person as I was. I mean. Uh, you know, at one point in uh, time when I kind of uh, started to wake up in 1970, uh, um, I realized that I, how incredibly ignorant I was. I realized what a chauvinist, racist, uh, womanizing dog I really was. And it shocked me uh, and, 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 and forced me into looking at myself and uh, making choices uh, and uh, overcoming uh, the the the, uh, the prejudicial ideas that I had bought into it's possible. What I'm saying is possible. And and uh, most the vast majority of people that are waking up to sacred geometry aren't doing it because of logic. They aren't they aren't systematically saying, "Wow, I can see the logic of that." They are just being intuitively drawn to the beauty of it. And, and, and that's what's happening. It's an intuitive. Intuitive awakening. It's it's unstoppable, unstoppable. And uh, well, the question well, of is: Of course, it's unstoppable. It's it's the natural progression of the human evolution. Yes, it is. Which which is why I yes, find it, it so funny when people are all worried about: Well, what if we never wake up? What if it all goes wrong? And blah blah. We we are the physical manifestation of a creative, expansive energy. We can't yes. do anything but expand and grow. Right. And, and the other we can, the other we can make really, it really exciting with lots of twists and turns along the way. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we can't things, not uh, grow. No, we can't not grow. But the, the point is, uh, the, the, the point I'm trying to make is that. Uh, yes, it is the natural evolution to to uh, elevate in consciousness. It's like. If you go down to the atomic level, for instance, and you uh, you talk about uh, the consciousness of the uh, of um, the mineral minds, so to speak, that's a hermetic way of looking at it. Uh, the mind of minerals, so to speak. Uh, this little knot of energy that is uh, known as oxygen, uh, a, a particular kind of vibrational energy, uh, an elemental level of, vib- of vibrational energy called oxygen. And, and you look at it carefully, you'll see that oxygen has behaves in a preferential way. It it wants to connect with virtually everything that it 
comes across. So whatever oxygen runs up against, it will immediately try to um, to evolve into a higher uh, vibrational level of uh, elemental mind, uh, like uh, uh, iron oxide, for instance. You understand where where iron and oxygen come together and make rust. That is essentially a, a higher level of vibration than than iron or oxygen in a, from a certain perspective. So, so that's just a natural evolutionary um, reality. At the same time, uh, there's also a de-evolutionary uh, energy going on where the, the iron and the oxygen want to get free of one another and become, uh, you know, iron again and oxygen again, if you understand. So there's these right. twin forces. There's these twin forces at work where, on one hand, things are trying to evolve, and then there's, on another uh, on another level, there's these things trying to devolve. And back to and, that uh, two points push yeah, forward. So, exactly. So, I mean, when we when we as human beings achieve this uh, this um, uh, consciousness called human consciousness, then within human consciousness there's all these levels of consciousness inside of that. And some of those levels are just, uh, they're so base that they're, they're not even animal. They're even beneath animal, if you understand what I mean. Human, human beings who are so twisted that they're just worse than animals. And then you have these sublime creatures like, uh, like the Buddha and like Christ who have a, who are vibrating at levels of human consciousness which are incredibly high. So the possibility inside human consciousness is, is, is a, you know, amazing strata possibilities. And if we can collectively evolve to the point where we can uh, overcome these uh, all this destructive uh, energy that we, we have uh, collectively created over the, over the years and we actually pass the test, and we don't snuff ourselves, and we don't become extinct, that would be an incredibly fantastic uh, reality. And, I, and, I, and that's what I want, because I'm, I'm addicted to the, the possibilities of mankind. I, I think we could, be, we could be glorious in our uh, expression of what, it, what, what a human beings could be. We could be, uh, you know, unbelievable creators. We could solve all the problems that we have right now, all of them, and we could, uh, you know, practice the kind of unity that has is, has been unheard of up until this point. It's possible. On the other hand, it's very possible that we will simply just snuff ourselves, and we will become extinct, like the like uh, the vast majority of species that have li- lived on this planet uh, no longer do live on this planet. So if we rise to a certain level and we don't make it and we and we actually uh, snuff ourselves completely and there are no human beings left, that would be unfortunate, but nonetheless it wouldn't stop the it wouldn't stop the the possibility of of uh, of expanded consciousness that is a part of the universe. you know what I'm saying so if we fail yes. then somebody somebody else somewhere else won't fail. That's the way I see it. So I say we can Multiple, multiple parallel races. Can't can't it's lose possible. that way. 
rights. But I, I don't want that to happen. I mean, I think I, I, I want us to I want us to get through this. But here's the thing. In my own personal experience of in, in my own expansion, I know that I had to suffer a great deal through my own through my own uh, bad uh, bad karma, so to speak. Uh, to a certain point where I actually did bridge the bridge the uh, paradigm, and I believe that that is actually what's happening right now. We as we as a race of people have suffered so long and so intensely. That is what is triggering uh, the 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 longing for for uh, uh, something better, for, for solutions. That's what's triggering triggering the expansion of consciousness. We are ready. We are. I believe we are ready. If, if to, for uh, no other reason than we've explored every possible way to suffer, so we, we, yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> we, know, we know what we played I that mean, game. We certainly know. Yeah, if we take a clear look at what we have done, it's pretty easy to see where we fucked up. Excuse my French. And, and, and you know, and it's simply okay. Let's change or die. You know, that's the way I see it. Yeah, it's come it's come to that sometimes, more than once I think. But um, this would be a good spot for us to uh, uh, play a piece of Julian's music, uh, our Julian, Julian Forrest. Yeah. And um, then I want to be sure that we hear about. Uh, I know you've got some uh, exhibitions coming up. You just you have lots of interesting things that are going on and how people can find you to find out more information and, uh, um, all that good stuff when we come back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this is, uh, Julian Forrest with his piece, his piece called time peace in three revolutions. We'll be right back. Stay with us folks. Thank you. 
Muhammad. Welcome back, everybody. 
again, that was our friend uh, Julian Forrest and uh, uh, Julian and Charles collaborated and co-conspiratorized or collaborated. <laughs> there I go. Yeah, we forward. collaborate. We collaborate. Uh, I've, I've used his. Uh, he's he's a person, a musician who is deeply involved in sacred geometry. He he is really literally plugged into the music of the spheres, and he's he's trying to find. Uh, He's trying to relate uh, geometric forms uh, in uh, harmony, in harmonies, various kinds of uh, new kinds of harmonies and new kinds of approaches to music, which is very beautiful. And I've included some of his work in some of my videos, and I, I support his efforts. We are brothers and uh, we're well, brothers. And, uh, very amazing fellow. That that piece is Julian and a guitar and an amplifier. That's it. Yeah, one one, one guitar and one, one guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a whole yeah, bunch it, of guitars and a whole bunch of tracks. It's almost like a... he's he's gone beyond this typical idea of a musician. You know, I mean, a musician makes friends with their instrument and they lovingly caress it and it produces sound for them. Um, Julian's relationship with his guitar is more like he kind of holds it and allows it to express itself. That's what it, uh, how his music sounds to me. It's like he's 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 really transmuting the bass energetic of the instrument and allowing it to express. And it, it's just, his music fascinates me because it's so multidimensional. And yeah. I just, I mean, all, all I could say is it was just wow. Every time I hear him play, yeah, well, it's just wow. Not, not only uh, not only that when you hear it on if you hear on a, a, if you hear the the real thing on on a really high uh, high quality system you start getting all the resonance the over the undertones that he's using these really really high frequencies really low frequencies they're all in there uh, it starts to affect you uh, uh, you know it's very sublime kind of uh, transcendental work and uh, I'm very excited about it but I I'm also wanted to uh, make sure that I uh, mention that the the swastika that I'm I'm currently working on is only one of the projects that I'm I'm working on that are directly directly related to uh, uh to our transmutation or or alchemy alchemizing the energies that are associated with various kinds of symbols. Uh, for instance, I did a piece um, last year. I did a piece called um, Prayer for Peace. And I don't know if any of you remember that one, but it was an attempt to um, it was a mandala, which was a meditation on the the primary symbols of uh, of, of numerous uh, seriously important uh, philosophy religions, if you will. Right. That being that that being uh, the, the pagan the pagan cross, the Christian cross, the Islamic crescent, and the uh, uh, Judaic. Uh, Star of David. Yes, all in the same piece, uh, balanced in a way that uh, I was trying to point to the fact that all of these great religions have used um, sacred geometry as a as a part of their uh, part of their uh, theology, so to speak, so uh, symbolic theology, and that they're all came. It's all coming from the same place. So if you if you study the, all the great philosophies and all the great religions, 
you you will and you do it from a objective point of view and you start try to find the um consistencies between all the great uh religions of philosophy you'll see that they're all pointing to exactly the same place so there's there's no reason for us to be at war with one another it's just nonsensical uh once you <laughs> step over it you uh to the point where and you're not so emotionally uh, entrenched in 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 the uh, in the propaganda. You, you'll see that all the great religions are are pointing to, to the same place, and that we're we're all brothers. We're all brothers and sisters in in the same game. And it's nonsense to to, to see us as enemies. We are not enemies. Uh, and uh, that that was why why I did that piece. And uh, I'm also yeah. I've uh, never understood. I've I've never understood how anybody could look at the different major religions, um, and and philosophical philosophies, and 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 not see the commonalities. Yeah, exactly. exactly. To me, it, it seems impossible to look at them all and not notice the common threads that are interwoven well, between all of them. But sort of in the same way that we were given a quick surface definition for our emotional reaction to the swastika, we've all right, sort of exactly. been taught to look at the differences. Exactly. Instead of looking at the similarities. Yeah, people but don't. I look at you know when they say, "Tell me about you know what's di- why why what's different? Why is Judaism not Christianity?" They tell you what's different about it. They don't tell you what's the same. It's a it's a scientific classification, put it in a little box, separate it thing, I think. Well, you know, uh, my name my name is uh, Gil, my last name is Gilchrist, which is a Scottish name. And uh, it means uh, follower of Christ or clan of Christ or guild of Christ. Uh, and uh, uh, when I was a little boy, I mean, I thought that... Uh, I, I was uh, deeply religious, and, I, and I, was, I thought that Christ was the most incredible creature that had ever lived and I was completely in love with the story of Christ, you know. And what he what he stood for and, and his teachings, his words. And if if it, it, you know it, and and yet in the the system that I lived in uh uh the 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 Christians that I came up against were not actually doing what he said we were supposed to be doing, you know. And I got uh, I got uh, disenchanted with uh, Christendom, so to speak. And mm-hmm. and uh, it, and and when you if you would if you study uh, Islam, uh, Hinduism, uh, Buddhism, Christianity, Judaism, Jainism, you, know, you could just go on and on and on and on. If you get into the poetry of it and the beauty of it and the and the, and the real truth of it, it's it's so similar. And it, that's the thing to embrace, not what, not what the, uh, not what the, the PR is trying to force us into believing. You know, I do not believe that that Christendom is really a very pure expression of what Christ was actually talking about, and, and that's the case. Unfortunately, that's the case of most of the uh, power levels of of uh, of, of religion. They, they're they're adversarial. They're adversarial. They're competitive adversarial. Wasn't it? Uh, uh, 
Well, Gandhi, I think, that said... Gandhi. I, I love yes. your Christ. I, 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 just I love your Christ, Christian. but I do not like your Christians. They know nothing of your Christ. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's where I'm coming from, you know. And then, and then another another uh, another thing that I have been doing recently, and I'm still working on it, it on Facebook, I've, I've created a, a bunch of posts on, uh, on on a series of mandalas I made called the Talking Numbers Suite. Are you guys familiar with that at all? I am. The talking numbers. Rick is talking numbers. There you go. Yeah, talking I did a whole numbers. series. And <laughs> if you if you go back if you go back into my Facebook page and you dig in the, into the archives far enough, you'll find all. Uh, there's two more to go in the series. There's ten. There was ten mandalas in the series, and what I was trying to do with those mandalas is I was stripping down uh, to the essential uh, esoteric aspect of what the numbers themselves were all about. Like, instead of the circle itself as a shape, I was meditating on oneness, on oneness and two-ness and three-ness and four-ness. In other words, esoteric uh, mathematics, uh, which is the foundation of this uh, ancient discipline called numerology. And so uh, I've been very, very interested in numerology. And so you might want to take a look at, at that series um, yeah. on my Facebook page. put another uh, link up to... Uh, I think that link is to the three ness drawing, right? Uh, but it's interesting. Right. We we, we I gotta check that Gene out. Just, Gene just made a video uh, off of a clip that I selected out of Corrine uh, Van Meter's thing, and it's uh, it's called "So Many Patterns," because she's talking yeah. about if we just stop and notice, there's so many patterns. And when I first was listening to the clip, I was oh, this is this is brilliant. We'll we'll make a quick video out of that, a connection clip. And, the, and then as I was re-listening to it to fine-tune the beginnings and endings of it, I was like, this would be a fun one with with Charles's patterns with it. But, yeah. Um, because it's interesting, too, how often we get multiple guests out of these. Next week, I think, will be our 200th episode. And yeah. um, how often we get people from just totally different backgrounds, totally different stories, may not know anything about what the other one came in to talk about, but by the time the show's up, they end up saying the same thing. Yeah. It makes for some fun uh, comparative videos. By the way, one of the things that we have that I have in the back of my mind, one of the possible pro- projects I have at the back of my mind is to take this suite of 10 mandalas that, I, that I've done, which are incredibly intricate uh, and detailed uh, meditations on the numbers, uh, and I did that by dividing the circle into equal uh, parts, one part, two parts, three parts, four parts, etc. And I made these uh, successful group of uh, mandalas, and I learned a huge amount. It took me eight years to do those ten mandalas, believe it or not. And uh, wow. uh, now I, I'm thinking about uh, using uh, Julian's piece uh, called Timepiece, which is the one that we actually listened to, and uh, making a, a music video based on these uh, uh, numerological mandalas, which would go with that uh, music. And that, that's one of the things that we're thinking about, and uh, be one cool. of the things I really, yeah, it would be really cool. And, I mean, and that was unplanned, by, by the way. That we didn't, we didn't plan for me. No, I know, I know. I thought it was really interesting when you <laughs> when you did that, and I forgot to mention it. But yeah, I've got so <laughs> many. George uh, probably planned it, but. Our executive producer thinks <laughs> like that and doesn't tell us. You know. uh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you you wanted me to 
you wanted me uh, to mention you wanted me to mention uh, uh, the uh, peace sign as a symbol. Remember? Right. Well, I because yeah, well, I'm going to let you explain it because you'll probably do a much better job at it than I do. But I think it's it's one of those that it's important that people know the the meaning behind it, other than just or why is it a peace symbol? Why is that shape a peace symbol? Yeah, exactly. And why did it work? Why did it work so powerfully? Well, right. actually, uh, I, I I think it was uh, uh, very very uh, phenomenally interesting that whole that whole thing. You know, back in the '60s when uh, people were uh, turning on to, to uh, unconditional kind of love as a as a as a goal as a lifestyle. At least that was the goal. You know, that was that wasn't what always happened, but that was the goal. And the and the philosophy that was behind the the whole that whole movement was tremendously powerful. And a pops is symbol. Well, if you really look at it uh, carefully, you see it's direct connect to to the hexagon which which is again is that is the linear aspect or the radial aspect of that pattern we were talking about before called nature first pattern i.e. the flower of life germ of life seed of life the flower of life the fruit of life metatron's cube uh, all these all these aspects of that particular aspect of sacred geometry and it's it turns out that that particular level of of sacred geometry is intrinsically oracular. So it when you contemplate that pattern, you you're setting yourself up for what is called what is known as a uh third eye uh experience or a sixth chakra experience, which is uh all related to witness to the witness level of consciousness. Um that part of our consciousness which can Step over ourselves and observe ourselves. And it all, it's all—it's also directly related to to uh, to meditation, which was a really big part of the expansion of consciousness that happened in the in the '60s and '70s. Because what happened then was all of a sudden Eastern philosophy, esoteric Eastern philosophy, started to surface in the West in a way that had never been done before, and suddenly people started getting to to the roots of it and started to to see how, how uh, incredibly powerful and, and potent um, meditation was, which was, you know, basically unheard of in, in, the, in the West uh, or, you know, uh, at least on a, on a large scale. And uh, the Maharishi Mahishi Yogi, who, who uh, surfaced back then in the late 60s in the West, had these started this whole uh, concept of transcendental meditation, if you remember that movement. And so the 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 uh the symbol that was became known as the uh peace sign is actually direct directly related to the to the hexagon and directly related to the flower of life. And you can clearly see it once once you see it you can see it. And I find it incredibly moving and potent. That that somebody would actually uh, plug in to this uh, sixth chakra energy and 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 see the power of it and associate it with this uh, geometry that was so incredibly perfect and and, and it, it was profoundly perfect and people whether they understood it intellectually or uh, or, or 
or not, it didn't matter. They felt it. They felt the the fact that that symbol actually does have some kind of a potency that relates directly to the ideas uh, of that moment. And I, I find it very beautiful, very very encouraging uh, that we could we could collectively find that kind of uh, reality. It's very it's very thrilling to me. It's incredibly thrilling. That particular symbol alone, you know. Virtually well, all the irregular kind of that pop up out of nowhere, so to speak. Well, it just no, shows that we have a, a, an innate understanding of the core yes. energetic representation of these symbols. Yes. And in, in my Maybe early, you look in my at a peace symbol, you know that it's a peace symbol, and it makes sense that it's a peace symbol. But you look at a swastika, yes. and it makes you mad. Yes. And I think because part of the getting mad is that it com- it's confusing because something within you says, no, this shouldn't represent <clears throat> that. Yes, I know. But you see, on the other side of things, it infuriated the people who were against the peace movement. And it still does. So from another perspective, it has the same effect on certain people and certain psychologies that, that the swastika did. Some people are enraged by the by the uh, by the peace symbol. They don't want peace. They live in a war. They live in a world that which is horrible and destructive, and there's all kinds of enemies and bad guys. And black they don't and white. Exactly. And there, there's, there's bad guys that we got to kill, you know. And they don't want peace. You know the certainly the uh, you know the. Ammunitions manufacturers don't want peace, peace and yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. So, uh, so I mean, it, it, it's incredible. For instance, that 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 oracular nature of the hexagonal form, which is a, which is uh, the essence of the, of the flower of life, is uh, I have proven that uh, so many times. Uh, uh, you know, the relationship six the relationship, for instance, there's there's six parts. A hexagon, hex means six, and it's, it's it's a circle divided into six parts, basically, which is 60 degrees each. And uh, the, the the sixth chakra is the chakra of the of, of uh, the third eye or, or the observation, the, the meditative potential of ourselves. And when we get into that space, then we do plug into to the higher realms of our own consciousness, and we. And uh, we plug into ideas that are way above our normal levels of consciousness. When, when I first um, uh, awakened, so to speak, uh, I I didn't believe that there was a a, a part of my of my mind which was uh, all knowing, so to speak. I, I and I and so I had to manufacture uh, this energy that was coming to me. I had to see it like like it was uh, outside of me. Like I believed that there was some kind of benevolent uh, spirit, guide, guardian angel, something that was coming to me and giving me this information, a la channeling kind of an idea, uh, kind of ideas. I could not buy right. in to the fact that we already know everything there is to know if we could only plug into it. And uh, so you, we have to manufacture these these ideas about, uh, you know, uh, uh, guidance from 
from uh, extraterrestrials or or uh, advanced uh, spirits, or you know, or maybe that's true. Maybe there are uh, uh, levels of intelligence that are beneficial that are trying to influence us, and I, I'm I'm convinced that's true. But we also have this innate possibility of playing into our own higher mind, so to speak, and that mind knows infinitely more than we know as uh, ordinary human beings that we're walking around and uh, you know getting hungry. <laughs> various ways. You know what I'm trying to say? Oh, so, uh, absolutely. I totally understand what you're trying to say. Absolutely. This, so anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to. Um, I was just going to bridge into my uh, my upcoming show. Well, see, okay. this Friday, the seventeenth. Yes, it is Friday, the seventeenth, and it's really interesting. Uh, uh, back in the uh, back in the nineties. Uh, I was uh, in the late 80s and early 90s. I lived in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I was uh, painting down there. I, I had given up uh, the commercial world of art uh, altogether, and I, and I had pledged to uh, make it as a fine artist or die. And I went to uh, New Mexico and uh, started painting full-time. And I immediately uh, got hooked up with four galleries down there, and I started uh, to sell uh, uh, paintings. But uh, I was uh, at the mercy of, of the uh, I was at the mercy of the gallery system, and uh, I, uh, I eventually uh, realized that the gallery system was was set up to keep me poor, <laughs> and uh, I, I stopped I stopped I stopped showing in in galleries, and I I'm I'm vowed never ever again to show in, gal- in galleries. I decided to market my myself basically, and cut out the middleman, so to speak. And uh, and, and so I haven't shown in any galleries uh, since the early 90s. And uh, and I vowed that I would never, ever show again until somebody of some kind of substance would uh, show up in my life and want to uh, put me in a significant uh, show, and then I might listen to them. And Darn if that didn't happen, not, no, just about a month ago, I ran into this, uh, this person uh, called me up. His name is William, William Sheely. He's a, a friend of mine on Facebook. He has this gallery called, called Cocoon, the Cocoon Gallery, and uh, it's here in, in, in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and he, he created this show, which is called uh, Spirit and Matter, which has about half a dozen artists or so in the show, and at the last minute, he contacted me and uh, asked me to be in the show. And he was so enthusiastic and so uh, professional and so supportive that I decided that I would uh, I would come out of the closet and start to show again. So uh, that's going to happen. The first showing I've been in since uh, 91 or 2, something like that, uh, is going to happen on Friday night. And I'm really, really excited about it. You can find you know, all the information is going to be on my website and on my Facebook page. And we're going to create an event. Uh, an event is going to start to run tomorrow about the show. And so it's uh, very, very exciting. And also, uh, Jay Gabriel Cavazos, my my manager, is uh, uh, is going to actually produce a a a live video broadcast of the show on Friday night. Going to be online. Isn't that exciting? That is very cool. 
Yeah, so it's really, really fun. And uh, no, <clears throat> it's going to have a whole bunch of my, uh, my, the paintings that I still have. I mean, I sold a, a lot of my original pieces, which were really good, but I do have some that are very good that are still uh, around, and those are going to be in the show, including my Jaguar piece that I did, my <clears throat> my piece dedicated to the uh, Central and South American rainforest, and uh, that's the first in a series. That's that's going to be in the show, and uh, my uh, Pentagon pentagram is in the show, my Prayer for Peace, and uh, Map of Time, all kinds of really good pieces are going to be in the show, and I'm very excited about it. It's going to be really fun. So, everybody, anybody in the Cleveland area, you should, definitely should show up for that. Yeah, and it's wonderful that it's going to be online for those people because I know you have you have a very wide fan base and they're all over the place. So for those who aren't right, able right, to make right. it to Cleveland to actually be at the show, will be able to see it as well, which is right. fantastic. And we're going to have a. We're going to have at least three cameras uh, running. They're all uh, – the, the technology is so incredible. I mean, uh, I'm talking to you right now on, on an iPhone, and uh, and we're going to have uh, three iPhones at this show, different people running them, and they're all going to be plugged into the same broadcasting potentiality. We're going to be able to, uh, you know, have different uh, perspectives of the show from three different cameras, and uh, it should be really fun. It, it should be it should be a blast, you know, and, and you know who knows where this techno this kind of technology is going to go to, you know. It's a it's just an amazing part. Of, it's an amazing part of the Renaissance that we're in the middle of this communication well, yeah. Renaissance. Independent media. Yeah, that's where it's really at, you know, it's because big see, as the see, phone you, in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, see here here we have up until up until recently, uh, the people with uh, giant money were controlling the media totally. And so they were force-feeding us with whatever they decided they wanted to feed us with, you know, like like Fox Television, for instance. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty scary stuff. They have a tendency to, you know, just want to frighten us all the time. And, um, uh, you know, here we are, just like little guys with very little money that are actually able to do this. It's just... It's just uh, well, it's what got them the big ratings for a long time, and and they're starting to figure out now that people are getting tired of watching that, and uh, yeah. that's a good thing. But, um, folks, you can find uh, this information online for those of you that are uh, listening through mobile devices and other things and can't see our chat room at uh, Charles Gilchrist, G-I-L-C-H-R-I-S-T dot com. And uh, you can also look on Facebook for C.L. Gilchrist events. Uh, page and uh, all that information will be up there. Uh, so and, and also be uh, links. Links will also be on Charles L. Gilchrist uh, Facebook page too, not just the events page, but both right. of them. Right. And, and you know, I suppose you have a you probably have a link on yours too. You know. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll have all that up on the uh, archive to the show. And um, that's, that's so, it's so wonderful. I mean, I just have to I just have to thank everybody out there. That is so uh, uh, so encouraging to me. They, they they give me so much love. They they're actually feeding me energy. The, I mean, I am more uh, you know alive in a certain kind of way than I've ever been before. I mean, I'm just I'm fired up by the uh, by the response that 
on getting uh, in this in this attempt to communicate to bring uh, truth and beauty to the to the uh, internet community, you know, and 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 I believe I believe uh, well, one of the one of the things that uh, people will say about the internet, oh, it's just full of trash, full of shit, a completely bogus uh, bunch of misinformation and crap out there. And it's true. It's that's that's true. Just look at the pornography. It's just it's outrageously. Can, that's the thing. You've got to be able to trust people. You got to have faith in humanity yeah, well, to filter for themselves and to know the truth. Yeah, well, you have to be able to trust your own instincts as well. You have yeah. to have some discernment. Right. You have to know if this feels wrong, then it's not right for you. Right. Regardless I, of whether believe, it's right uh, or wrong in the whole scheme of things, if it's not right for you, don't go there. Right. Right. And I believe that. Uh, I believe that I'm proving that uh, you know the cream will rise. You know, uh, the, the you know it, 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 I, I'm not uh, I'm not being I'm not successful on on the internet because I'm uh, because I'm you know just another uh, schlock uh, creator. You know, I mean, I'm I'm really sincere, and people understand uh, my sincerity and, and they uh, appreciate it and. Uh, and that's why I have almost three million views on my video day. Absolutely, two videos. Well, we have. We had, that didn't uh, happen. Well, we have a listener in the uh, chat room that punched in earlier, uh, just a just a bit ago. Uh, I'm so thankful for Mr. Gilchrist working so hard to make these pieces. It's one thing to know, but to be able to go see, look, is awesome. Yeah, and that's uh, something. so it is. It is. Uh, uh, fantastic work that you're doing, and uh, uh, I'm glad that uh, we get a chance to help spread the word because uh, it's good stuff. I couldn't do it. What I'm what, what I'm trying to say is I couldn't do it with all without all the feedback I'm getting. I wouldn't have the strength, you know. And I, I'm actually literally being fueled by the by the love that I get from you know you know hundreds, multiple hundreds and thousands of people out there that are. That are into what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to accomplish, and I, mean, I just wouldn't be able to do it. They're, they're making it happen. I mean, I'm just, I'm just a link in this chain, you know. That's all I am, and I'm just another voice for, for, for this, these ideas, and I'm, I'm proud to do it. I'm totally dedicated, totally dedicated. I'm going to do this until I drop this body. Awesome. Well, thank you for uh, giving us your time and and what little you had left of your voice uh, this afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was no kidding. Sorry about that. Oh no, not at all. I appreciate it. Don't apologize. And um, uh, we we both know how it is to push a little too hard and and get a little pushback. Yeah. It it happens. Absolutely. Yeah. So listen, folks. I want to thank all of you for uh, joining us today, and uh, hope you will. Uh, Join us again tomorrow. We have uh, Sophia Jantera coming in uh, tomorrow evening at 7. And then uh, we have four shows next week, including our 200th episode. So uh, we wow. hope that you will join us again And uh, uh, because you're what makes this fun for us. is The cool, cool people whose stories we get to hear and then you cool folks that show up and, uh, and keep, us, keep us going. So we appreciate that. Uh, join us tomorrow evening for uh, Sophia Jantera. And until then. To our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves. Stay connected. Good night, everybody.
We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. just like they do. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.